Good morning. It's 840. It's the Friday edition of Jacksonville's Morning News. As we continue our candidate spotlights on Jacksonville's only all-news morning show, what we've been doing all this week and last week as well is dedicating some extra time during the morning show and, and, and really help you better know the men and the women who are working to earn your vote in some of the key races. Of course, we can't profile every single race that's on the ballot in the Tuesday primary, but some of the top races, public defender, state attorney, Congressional District 4, no matter what in Congressional District 4, we will have a new voice representing our interests in Northeast Florida, depending on where you live in uh, the Northeast Florida area, as Andrew Crenshaw is not seeking re-election. So throughout this week, we've dedicated a lot of time to the state attorney and public defenders race, and we rounded out today with the other challenger in the state attorney race, and it's Wes White, who uh, we know from Nassau County and from the state attorney's office in previous years as well. Thank you for coming in. And I guess the question that we, we ask every candidate is a little bit about you know, what makes you tick, what ultimately influences the decisions legally and personally that you have to make, um, and, and as it relates to issues uh, to, to the death penalty and, and juvenile offenders and body cameras and gun rights and whatnot. But I guess, big picture for you, what does make Wes White take? What gets you lit up about the law? We can change the Constitution, or we can uh, affect the interpretation of the Constitution and the application of the Constitution, and how that impacts everybody's everyday life. And so it's, it's a critical area to, to work in. And again, I love the law. And I love the process that is part of the law. And I'd like to see that process honored and followed and uh, respected. And sometimes that's not been the case. So given your love of the law, are the biggest needs in the state attorney's office that that or is it leadership in the office? And if elected, would you take on more of a leadership role or would you still be practicing and being in the courtroom and being active in the courtroom on a regular basis? Well, I think the key in this race is leadership. And I think we haven't had it. And uh, we've we face the potential of getting another person in there who has not had the management experience that I've had. So leadership is a key quality. And the leader is the one who will set the speed of the group, and the group will be focused on the Constitution and the protecting of our citizens in Northeast Florida. As a leader, what sort of talents do you look for in people who you manage and who you ultimately lead? Well, first of all, you need to make sure, certain that you have qualified people, people who understand that their first duty is to protect the public. And as part of that, they must do it in accord with the Constitution and the protections of the Constitution and the rule of law. And if they don't understand those two components, they are servants of the public and that they must religiously adhere to the Constitution and the rule of law, then they don't belong in the state attorney's office. It's not about the state attorney. It's about the individual. It's about the office, and it's about the process. It's about what we must do, what our duty is, and um, that I think we need to focus on. Personalities are not the issue. What are the, um, the challenges facing both the recruitment of talent and then the retention of talent in the state attorney's office? We've asked uh, both Melissa Nelson and Angela Corey that same sort of question this week about retaining the talent and preventing uh, you know, pub, uh, private uh, in influence uh, to go out privately and, and potentially make a heck of a lot more money. Well, I think you need to understand that we are a training ground in the state attorney's office and in the public defender's office. And what we need to do is we need to go to law schools and recruit the best of the best and tell them, listen, you come to work for us for 40 years and you will be the best trial attorneys that you can possibly be. And then hopefully some of those who come in will catch the fever and decide that public service and uh, and prosecuting cases 
is the highest calling for a lawyer. Can you retain that talent with the budget constraints that you have? And in what ways would you plan to ensure that 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 there's budget savings that ultimately come out of the state attorney's office? Is there any way to, to save and, and take it to a bottom line? Well, you know, there's really no way to save. You need to spend the money judiciously, and but it's it's there's never enough. But the point is, you simply need to find people who are willing to work and basically work because it's their passion. If they're looking for the dollar, it's not the place they want to be. But if they have a true calling for the law, they have a calling for service to their fellow man, there's no better place to be. And a lot of people will respond to that. And a lot of people right now in the state attorney's office are responding to that. There's a lot of qualified, very exceptionally qualified lawyers there who could command a lot more in the private sector, but have decided that public service is their calling. You've been in this race for some time. You have roots in Nassau County. Is that your path to victory? What ultimately is your path to victory? Well, I think Clay in Nassau County and um, and the forgotten voter is my path to victory. We've worked very hard to talk with a lot of people and find out what they feel is right and wrong with the system. And those people may or may not be the quote-unquote super voters that are constantly polled. I think they're the everyday people that will come out that uh, most folks don't um, believe are out there. They're sort of the unseen masses, the people that work hard every day, but yet you know, they don't have the name of uh, title of mayor or uh, anything else in front of their name. They're just working people. It, there's a murky future over Florida's death penalty. What ultimately do you see the courts doing and what role does that have on the state attorney's office, the, the cases that uh, have already been through um, into sentencing and beyond sentencing as well? What role and influence do you bring then to the state attorney's office with the uncertainty in, in Florida's death penalty? Well, I, I think yeah, that's a good question. I think we need to be more judicious in the cases that we seek the death penalty in. And in fact, I'd like to see unanimous jury verdicts with regard to the imposition of the death penalty. Right because, now it's 7-5, right? Right. But there's there's cases out there right now that are being considered which will impact that. But I think that unless you feel like you've got a sure winner, unless you feel like you're going to get that 12 out of 12, then it's probably a case that you shouldn't um, seek the imposition of death penalty because it's really not cost-effective in most cases. You said unless you feel. I, one of the, the big touch points here is that there are the aggravating and mitigating factors, and is there really a role for how the state attorney's office feels about it? If there's a moral compass, uh, the, the right of the victim and the victim's family to have a voice in ultimately the decision, what do you see as being that? Is that a narrow window, or is it truly, I have to follow the letter of the law, there's no emotional impact that could be made on whether or not we're going to seek the death penalty in a case? The state attorney's office, the state attorney has the most widespread discretion of almost any public office that exists. And so when you look at those aggravators and mitigators, it's the state attorney's call about how they impact on whether or not the law demands uh, the imposition of the death penalty. So it's ultimately a matter of discretion with the state attorney. And again, I think it's an important factor to look at is the cost involved. There's a cottage industry involved with lawyers who prosecute appeals in death penalty cases. I mean, they make millions and millions of dollars. And they may not appreciate me calling them out, but, you know, we could spend that money better in some places. But on the other hand, there are some cases which absolutely we need to seek the death penalty. The Mayport Monster is one of those cases. And um, I think it was a falling 
off of one of my competitors that they didn't seek the death penalty. In fact, it led to someone else being killed. Our candidate spotlights continue on Jacksonville's morning news. State attorney candidate Wes White joins me. We were talking on Facebook Live, Wes, a few minutes ago about gangs, gang violence. And one of the first things that you would intend to do in your first, you said 10 days, if you're elected, would be to make a change there as it pertains to gangs. Go ahead and explain a little bit more for people on the radio side hearing exactly what you want to do there. Well, there's currently a division of the state attorney's office called Special Prosecutions, and that's headed by a lawyer. I'd like to find someone, a law enforcement officer, who has a skill set in dealing with gangs. Go outside the Jacksonville area. Go to someplace like um, San Antonio, where they've been very successful in dealing with gangs, and hopefully put a dent in the gang problem, because we know that year in and year out, 100 people will lose their lives as a result of gang violence. We know three times that amount will lose their life with with result to drug trafficking and related to gangs. So we need to address the gang problem in Jacksonville. A lot of people don't know it exists, but it's horrific. It is uh, impacting all our lives. Is that the right role of the state uh, state attorney's office to be that proactive agency that's working in the community? Somebody's got to do it, Rich. Somebody's got to do it. You know, the sheriff's office has certain skill sets, has certain law enforcement tools available to them. The state attorney's office has other, for example, RICO prosecutions, and we can seek enhanced penalties for gang members. And that's what we'll do. But we need to first identify those people and identify the gang structures and then work to break them up through our prosecutorial efforts. You have a radio that's actually running on this radio station uh, that references gender bathrooms in which it says you're the only attorney in Florida who is fighting for our children. Really? The only attorney in Florida? Well, I'm the only one who's challenging... Uh, President Obama's transgender bathroom policy in our public schools. And And is that a role for the state attorney's office? Well, that's my role as a private attorney. That's not a role for the state attorney. But what I hope it will uh, resonate with the people who are voting to understand that Wes White will stand out when others won't. And I am standing up. I'm standing up for a single mother who has four children who simply does not want her children to undergo um, social engineering while they're in the custody and control of the school. There are efforts at the uh, sheriff's office level to uh, to bring in a body camera program. It may ultimately take multiple years to roll out, but efforts already underway to get that started next year. Does that help on the prosecutorial end to have that additional evidence in, in claims of police brutality and maybe even domestic abuse? I mean, can that help in all cases, do you think? I think body cams are very important and very helpful law enforcement tool. I don't think we need to jump right now because we are just maybe six months to 12 months away from body cams that will have facial recognition capability so that a law enforcement officer will be able to approach somebody and will know whether this person is a violent felon or whether they're nobody as far as uh, of concern to law enforcement before they even approach them or before they even talk with them. And I think that uh, law enforcement, once they have that tool, it will uh, it will be very, very helpful. Early voting continues into the weekend in Duval County through Sunday and Clay and Nassau County through Saturday. We'll keep talking with Wes White here on Facebook Live if you want to have a look at that and listen in to some of the other topics we'll get into here.